0: Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. I am reading some excerpts from uh, a book by Watchman Nee called the messenger of the cross may have done it before probably will do it again but I'm revisiting it because one of the assignment goals of Nancy McCready ministries is to reproduce as many messengers of the cross and to do that of course I can only do that which depends on me and then others have to decide that they want to join in and do the same and to be a messenger So I'm just simply reading some excerpts with comments here and there, and uh, so I encourage you to take hold of this, because as we read Galatians, as in all of the episodes here on Tent Talk, we want to be those who go with Him ourselves, that we enter in for ourselves. As Jesus said in Luke 11.52 in the Amplified Classic, And then we want to be a big open door for others to get to Him. So here we go, my friends. Thanks for being on the podcast of Nancy McCready Ministries, Tent Talk. Now we are back in the Messenger of the Cross, Chapter 1. But this next section, it is quite lengthy for one reading. So I think I'm going to break it up and not do all of this next section. Now, I hope this is really provoking you. I hope that you are listening, and when you go into the scripture, that you are reading by the mind of Christ. If you have not been with me over on my um, free Facebook group, The Producer's Way, I hope you'll go over there and join and check out uh, the lives I've been doing. They're reposted, and they're there, the videos on the mind of Christ, conversations about the mind of Christ. It's very important that you be able to read and see and think by the mind of Christ. Otherwise, my friends, if you read any of this, listen to any of this, Uh, by the mind of the flesh. It's going to pitch you either into condemnation, into performance, into exasperation, into fear. We must read and listen to the Word and those who um, write such books like the messenger of the cross. We must, we must read and think by the mind of Christ that we have the ability to live this way, to live like Jesus as sons as his brethren, we have the capacity for that, but there also must be the development of that capacity, and that takes time. So remember that as you listen to this portion today. So here we go. The cross and its messenger, the way of proclaiming. We know not only that Paul is himself a crucified person in the preaching of the cross, but also that he preaches the cross and the spirit of the cross. In ordinary times, he is a crucified person. In times of preaching, he remains a crucified person because he uses the spirit of the cross to preach the cross. He is a man whose life experience has been one of being crucified with Christ. When he proclaims the cross, he does not rely on his excellency of speech or of wisdom, according to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 4. For Paul fully realizes that these are not good assets for his being a channel of God's life. What he depends on instead is the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Only in this manner is the word of the cross proclaimed with the proper attitude. So far as the genius and experience of Paul are concerned, he is well able to announce the truth of the cross in persuasive speech and with clever arguments. He can present the tragic cross so movingly as to attract great attention— He can develop the mystery of the cross by using all kinds of suitable parables and perceptive observations. He can also quote scripture to support the philosophy of the cross so that people may understand the various aspects of the substitutionary death and co-death on the cross. All this Paul is more than able to do, but he will not do so. His heart refuses to rely on these abilities because he knows these will never impart life to people. He is fully aware that if he should depend on these assets, he would be preaching the word of the cross with crossless means. In the eyes of the world, the cross is something humbling, lowly, foolish, and despicable. Yet this is exactly what the cross is. To preach it with excellent speech and the wisdom of the world is to totally contradictory to its spirit and can therefore be of no avail. Paul is willing to deny his natural ability and take the attitude and spirit of the cross in its preaching. Consequently, God can greatly use him. Every one of us has natural talent, some with more, others with less. After we have had some experience of the cross, we tend at first to depend on our natural gifts to proclaim the cross, which we have newly experienced. How eagerly we expect our audience to adopt the same view and share in the same experience, yet somehow they are so cold and unreceptive, falling short of our anticipation. We do not realize that we are rather new in our experience of the cross and that our natural good talents need also to die with Christ." Are we ignorant of the fact that the cross must so work in us that not only should it be manifested in our lives, but also be expressed in our works? But before we reach this more matured state, we usually look at our natural talent as harmless and very profitable in kingdom service. Hence, why not use it? Not until we discover that the work done by relying on natural ability can only please men for a time, but does not impart to their spirit the actual work of the Holy Spirit, do we finally acknowledge how inadequate is our beautiful, natural talent and how necessary it is that we seek for greater divine power. How many are those who proclaim the cross in their own power? I do not say that these people have no experience of the cross, they no doubt have such experience. Neither would I imply that they openly state they will rely on their own gift and power to do the work. On the contrary, they may spend time in prayer asking for God's blessing and the help of the Holy Spirit. They may even be aware to a certain extent of how undependable they themselves are. Yet all this does not help them much if in the deep recesses of their heart they are still self-reliant and confident that their eloquence or analysis, their thoughts and illustrations, cannot fail to move people. The fact of our being crucified is expressed in helplessness, weakness, fear, and trembling. In short, crucifixion spells death. Consequently, if we manifest the life of the cross in our daily lives, we must also exhibit the spirit of the cross in the Lord's work. We must always deem ourselves as helpless. In the Lord's service, we must be in fear and trembling for our own sakes, lest we rely on ourselves. In such a state, we will no doubt depend on the Holy Spirit, and thus we shall produce fruit." The least amount of self-reliance will unquestionably take away our reliance on the Holy Spirit. Only people who have been crucified know and are willing to know how to depend on the Spirit of God and His power. Paul, for instance, has himself been crucified with Christ. Hence, when he works, he exhibits fully the spirit of the cross without any self-dependence. Because he uses the way of the cross to proclaim the Savior of the cross, the Holy Spirit and His power support Paul's testimony. May we say with our brother Paul, Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians five. For though we may speak movingly, what is the use if the Holy Spirit is not working behind our words? May we therefore not esteem our natural ability, but be willing to lose everything, that we may have the power of the Spirit of God. Here lies the key to the fruitfulness or unfruitfulness of an evangelist. Sometimes we notice two preachers of the gospel. Their presentation and expression may be exactly the same, but one is used by God to bear much fruit, whereas the other, though what he says is spiritual and scriptural and the audience appears to be most attentive, does not obtain any fruit and nothing seems to happen afterwards. It is not hard for us to discover the reason. I may say from my own observation that one of them is a truly crucified person who has had spiritual experience, but that for the other the entire presentation of the gospel is merely an idea. He who only possesses ideas cannot preach the cross in the way of the cross. But as he who possesses the life of the cross announces with his spirit the experience he possesses, he will have the Holy Spirit working with him. Now, some people may be more eloquent and more apt to analyze and to use illustrations. Nonetheless, if they do not have the actual working of the cross in their lives, the Holy Spirit will not work with them. What they lack is the deeper operation of the Holy Spirit in them so that when they proclaim the gospel, the Holy Spirit will work with them and flow forth his life from them. They need to see that even despite the fact that at times the Lord may use their natural abilities, the source of any fruitfulness does not lie there. Whatever work is done by depending on natural life is mostly vain, but work performed in the power of the supernatural life bears much fruit. Let us read another scripture passage to help us understand what is the difference between depending on natural life and depending on supernatural life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a grain of wheat fall into the earth and die, it abideth by itself alone, but if it die, it beareth much fruit. He that loveth his life loseth it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal." John twelve twenty four and 25. Here the Lord Jesus reveals the principle of fruit bearing. The grain of wheat which is sown must first die before it will bear much fruit. Hence, death is the indispensable process for fruit bearing. The fact of the matter is, death is the only way to bear fruit. How we ask the Lord for greater power that we may bear more fruit. But the Lord tells us that we need to die that we must have the experience of the cross if we desire the power of the Holy Spirit. Frequently in our attempt to achieve Pentecost, we bypass Calvary, not realizing that without our being crucified and thus losing all belonging to the natural, the Holy Spirit cannot work with us to gain many people. Here is the spiritual principle. Die and then bear fruit. The very nature of bearing fruit proves what we have stated before. The purpose of work is that people may receive life. This grain of wheat simply died, with the result that it produced many other grains. All these many grains now have life, but the source of the life they obtained was the dead grain of wheat. If we are truly dead, we will be the channels of God's life to transmit that life to other people. Hence, this life is not a matter of vain terminology, but has the power of God issuing Hence, this life is not a matter of vain terminology, but has the power of God issuing forth from us to cause people to have life. The fruit which this grain of wheat bears is manifold. Jesus said, much fruit. That is to say, many grains. We are bound up in our own life. We may gain one or two persons by exerting the utmost of our strength, and thus I do not imply here that we absolutely cannot save anyone. But if we die as the grain of wheat dies, we shall gain much fruit. Wherever we go, and sometimes by merely dropping a word or two, people will be saved or edified. Let us therefore expect to bear much fruit. Let's stop here for today, and then we will pick up and have a greater understanding of what Jesus is talking about in John twelve twenty-four and 25. Thanks so much for being with me today here on the Tent Talk podcast with Nancy McCready. It is the podcast of Nancy McCready Ministries, so check everything out at nancymccready.com. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccready.com or follow her on social media at nbmccready.